0: Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys are already excited. I can feel it. <laughs> um, I, I just, I got to say, first of all, Brennan, where'd you sit? He's gone. He left the building because he knows he was wrong. New Year's resolutions aren't terrible. Although I might spend the next, like, five minutes destroying them completely. They're not bad. And here's, here's why I say that. I believe, oh, man, this is, this is dangerous. I believe that when we make those goals or resolutions... I think we have, like, and sincerity of heart, and we have a motive within us, like, I'm going to do this. Like, I know I'm going to do this. And then, it, I don't know about you guys, but definitely for me, inevitably, there's just a failing moment. So, if you've been here long enough, especially in the first month of, of the beginning of the year, I tend to be very self-deprecating um, when it comes to my body shape. <laughs> It's just a reality It's where I'm at right now in my life Please pray for me (laughs) (laughs) But I get to this point And I'm 32 years old Yes, I'm old And I get to this moment At the end of every year And I think This is it I'm gonna do it I sit down with my wife at And I say, babe, this is the year (laughs) Forget about the old Ben Because there's a new one coming so, you're gonna have to prepare yourself for the hotness that's gonna happen. I legitimately sometimes talk to my wife like that and she thinks I'm an idiot. Every year, though, so it's like, this is it. I'm gonna do it. And then I start and it's awful every time. It's horrible. Like, for you guys that like working out and doing the running thing and doing the eating healthy thing, like, I'm so proud of you. But I, it's just struggle. It's a struggle. Every, every year for me, it's a struggle. Amen. Let's go. I should just stop there. Worship team, let's go. We're going to end in worship. But we do, right? I mean, like, think back in time. Have you done this? Have you made just, like, New Year's resolutions and got to point? I think, I think they say, like, 21 days in a row. Like, it, it goes from a habit to a norm. It goes from, 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 from something you're trying to do and trying to do to an actual discipline that's a normal part of your life. 21 days so the fact that I can't make it three weeks doing something is just sad in and of itself but we do this so we get to I was thinking about the message and I want to talk about okay coming into 2020 yes new year oh new year new me all the things and when I sat down I was like okay what are like again I, I hope you guys, get, you guys will get this reference because I don't even get this reference I am the epitome of okay boomer like I I, I just am I'm old I don't get reference stuff I'm really weird I don't even care but I was sitting down thinking about this and like, okay, what are like some hashtags that people are using to come into 2020? And as I'm sitting there in front of my computer screen, I'm writing down these things and I'm starting to say them out loud and Jaina, who's our worship pastor who crushes, she's sitting behind me and she just like starts giggling because what's happening is I'm writing down all these things that are super old, that are like phrases that I'm assuming no one ever knows, like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me, in a nutshell, YOLO, just dumb, I'm sitting, I was like, I'm old, so that's why I had Jana try to, so you gotta help me out with this, well, there's one up there, so yeah, New Year, New Me, all these, just things, the last one is not necessarily an old one, but I had to put it up there, because Brennan started doing this thing, that I don't know if I approve of yet, but he's trying to make it cool, and so instead of lit, he, he just, says every, every, a different kind of lit, He just says it so i'm saying it now because we're going to get this thing rolling so it's your guys's job now stsu better be rolling with this phrase different kind of lit so jana starts helping me and she actually did the smart thing and looked up okay what are actually people saying about the new year this is good stuff super good new decade genius starting a new decade super riveted i don't know why i didn't think of that one um, R.I.P. 2019, like people writing that one, I just, my heart hurts a little. Like your year was so bad that you wanted to bury it. You wanted to put to death 2019. And there are legit people here, I promise you, who wanted to put to death an entire, done with 20, The top two of the top three are just getting rid of and forgetting what happened. It was so horrible. I don't want to think about it anymore. Let's move on. Let me get some goods. New year, new start okay well, i don't know this is 2020 and then sean started singing this is amazing grace and it just ruined that one for me uh new year who dis don't know don't get it what is that i'm, I'm sorry this is a, like, again if you've been around me long enough i'm old and i don't get things ask the leadership team uh 2020 trust any any football fans out there all right it's a Ravens thing. They got crushed last night. Um, new year, new mood. Let's go. I don't know if this person had like a... Have you guys... Man, you guys are young. Uh, the the, the mood, ring, mood rings were a thing when I... All right, right? You put it on and then it changed color based off of how you felt. It never worked for me. I tried one once. It, it was always black and super negative. <laughs> and, then, and then hashtag 2020 wishes. I don't know. I don't know what that means. 2020 wishes, but there's this rhythm and there's this pattern, and I think it's 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 not a bad thing. But what it tells me, and I think we all can experience this and we can all can relate to this in some way, is when there's a calendar change, especially with years. Um, for those of you who who are students and in college, it happens with the start of the school year. Like okay, May May is an end, August is a beginning. There's a break in between. But when we come up to these moments of a, of a change, especially of a new year or a new season, we want to make something different. Because we all can relate to experiencing things that were super negative, that we want to forget and we want to move on from. Or we all can relate to missing out on certain things. I didn't have the experiences that I wanted to have in 2019, so to death with you 2019, coming in to 2020. 2020. Right, I, we can relate can you guys relate to this issue me you anyone else two people all right amen you and me right here we do this though new year i got something's to change i know there's these things in my life and we do this in the church brennan just talked about it and he's right and that's good because it's natural new year starts okay I'm, I'm gonna finally i'm gonna get through the bible in a year i'm doing it hashtag 365 bible in a year you can use that if you want but we do, we make it. I'm going I'm to try and pray more every day. And we kind of make these goals or these, these resolutions because we recognize there's something within us that we want to change. It doesn't just happen outside of church. It happens within the church. We do this. And I'm saying it's bad, but what it tells me is that we're trying to force ourselves to experience things And if we put certain disciplines or patterns or rhythms in our life, then something will change. I have this goal of who I want to be. And there's this image of, of, especially in the church, of, of, of Jesus who in, the, in Scripture says, be holy as I am holy. So I have this image of God is asking me to be holy like Jesus is holy, but I'm right here and I know all the things that I struggle with and that I can't move past and that are tempting me beyond control and I keep falling into sin and falling into sin and then I get frustrated and angry and then I feel shame and guilt and there's bitterness. What I want us to try to do starting today, tonight, not just for 2020, but for the rest of our lives, is how do I not have to wait until the next year or the new season starts in order to start changing and living into who God is asking me to be. When when uh, finals were going last semester, and I think this is just, again, a normal thing that, that especially students, you guys have to wrestle with is the anxiety, the stress of taking tests. It's real. It's horrible. I feel just terrible. And I had so many conversations about it. And so the scripture came to mind when I was praying over over all the students uh, from Colossians three, and it says this: it says Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And that verse came to mind, and I was praying through that and, and praying that that would be such a reality for each and every one of the people that we get to partner with and minister with and fellowship with that, that are my, you guys are my family. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. I want this so bad to be a reality in your life, that you would be able to set your minds on things that are above, set your minds on Jesus and not on earthly things. What happens when we make these resolutions and these goals, when we recognize that there's something in their life that needs to change, that I need to make different, that I need to do differently, the season changes, the calendar changes, okay, I can put those things into place. What I think we're doing is we have our mind and our heart and our eyes set on earthly things. And so how do we make not just 2020 and this decade... But for the rest of your life, how do we get to that place where our hearts and our minds and our eyes are on heavenly things, on Jesus? So that's what we're going to talk about. One of the things that I feel like gets in the way of this and why I think we're so prone just to think about earthly things is a little thing called FOMO. And I think we all have it to a degree. It's this fear of missing out. And and I was at Passion with a couple of our leaders a couple weeks ago, and, and there's a gal named Christine Kane who is a oh, Let's go, you know. And she's a firecracker. She's an Australian firecracker that gets at it, that preaches hard. She's an encourager and an empower of people to, to have just amazing relationship with Jesus and to do incredible things for the kingdom of God. And she's sitting there talking. And she's, and she's talking about this FOMO idea. And the way she using it's just brilliant and it was perfect. And as she was talking, she said, well, I do have a little FOMO and there's a little FOMO that all of us can have. Again, FOMO, fear of missing out. There's a little FOMO that we can have. We can have a healthy FOMO. And she says we can, we can have a FOMO that's focused on the kingdom of God and the things that Jesus and God want to do right now in our life. And when she said that, I thought, ooh, an eternal FOMO. Great phrase. And I said, I leaned over to Brennan. and was like, we're doing that January 12th. We're talking about this. And so how do we go from keeping our minds and our eyes off of earthly things, worrying and fearing of missing out on the experiences that I see other people having as I scroll through, again, I'm a thousand years old, Facebook or Twitter or Insta or I see on Snapchat. I don't want to have to worry about the things that I'm the relationship that I believe God has for me that I'm missing out on now. So I'm just thinking about earthly things. What do I need to change now to get to the place where I can get to to have the relationship that I desire? And move from this fear of missing out on the on these earthly things, on the things that will fall away and not matter anymore, and start focusing on the things of God, on the things that God desires to do in your life now, on the things that God wants to see happen through you and your family, through you and your roommates, through you and your classmates, through you and your co-workers. And I think it starts with, okay, how do I change my mindset from having an earthly FOMO to an eternal FOMO? There's going to be some things up here, and here's what it's okay for us to miss out or not want to miss out on. See, I don't want to be afraid of missing out on the good works that God has for me. Prepared for you in advance individually, there are good things that God has in store for you. Let's not fear out on missing out on hearing well done and good and faithful servant at the end of our time when we see Jesus face to face again that we be able to push into and press into desiring to hear these things, that, that I don't want to fear out I'm missing abundant life that Jesus came to give. Miss out on the completeness of joy that is in Jesus, Jesus. Missing out, I don't want to miss out on the presence that he has with me, that goes with me no matter where I go. I don't want to miss out that he is with me and was with me and I didn't even know it. I don't want to miss out on being ready for when he returns because it's happening. Let's not miss out on making his last commandment our first priority. Where he says, go and make disciples of all nations. I don't want to see and miss out, excuse me, I don't want to miss out on seeing all nations come to know Jesus. I don't want to miss out on my time such as this on becoming holy as he is holy. I don't want to Miss out, and actually want to fear missing out on seeking the things that we're supposed to seek first. He says, talking about anxiety in Matthew 6 and worry, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about today. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Let's not fear out on seeking his kingdom. I don't want to miss out on co-laboring with God and doing the work that he desires to do so much in and through us in this church in this town on our campus in the state in the world this this one is it i want a healthy bold on fire fear of missing out in knowing jesus i want to know him the power of his resurrection that is available now. You can know Jesus. The creator of the world, John 1, says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. When it says word there in John 1, it's saying Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. You can know God. And finally, I don't want to miss out on sharing with Jesus in his future glory. And that's found in Colossians 3 and verse 4 after the first two verses I just read. And we're going to camp in that for the next 10 minutes. And we're going to see, okay, as I see that I can have a healthy, eternal fear of missing out, a healthy, eternal FOMO on not wanting to miss out on the things that God desires to do now in my life, now in the people around me. How? Right, like that's the question, that's the next step. And what's beautiful about how Paul puts it in, in, in Colossians, excuse me, is he gives us the, the map. He gives us a direct way of do these things, and you're not going to miss out on what God has for you. So, if you have your Bible, you have a phone, if you have something, Colossians three one through four. We're gonna press in. We're gonna read this. And we're gonna talk about what does it look like for me to not miss out on knowing Jesus? What does it look like for me to not miss out on the things that God has for me now, in this moment, forever? This is um the version that's on the screen is the NLT version. I like to read a lot, the NIV version. I once heard someone say that the best version of Scripture is the one that you've decided to read (laughs) because you're reading Scripture. So this says in NLT, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. The first thing, a little background, Paul is writing Colossians to a group of people who are getting told things by false teachers about needing to do certain religious activities in order to earn salvation, meaning in order to make their relationship right with God. And so Paul is in prison in Rome, and he hears... He sings about a church that he planted, these false teachers coming in, and he writes this book. And the first two chapters set up the supremacy and the character and the power of Jesus. The supremacy and the character and the power of Jesus. And then he goes into the reality that Jesus being God, being the one that without him nothing would be made, Jesus being the one that sustains all living things, that he, through his life, death, resurre- res- and resurrection, has brought you out of the dominion of darkness into the dominion in the kingdom of light. That's this Jesus. And there's nothing that you can add on or do outside of the power and the work of Jesus to make yourself right with God. It's all Jesus. It's all what he did in his life, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the, from the grave. And so he sets this up and then he gets to, okay, verse three since very first verse in chapter 3 since then you have been raised with christ okay this is who jesus is he raised you from the dead he's given you new life he's brought you from the kingdom and the reality of hate into the kingdom of love he's brought you from this kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light this jesus since he's done that and now you've been raised into new life now do these things Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand. The first thing we need to do is strive for what is above. Strive for what is above. This word in the language here, written when it says set your hearts uh, in the NLT, it says set your sights on the realities of heaven. It's not just this imagery of us physically looking up at heaven. Like that's a beautiful thing. And that's really cool. But the word that's used there is this intentional, purposeful, striving after the one who is in heaven, who has raised you from the dead. It's not just sitting in this passive, lazy relationship. It's an intentional, active endeavor of investigating and pursuing and searching after the ascended, risen, and glorified Jesus. Again, set your hearts In the NIV, and the NLT, set your sights on the realities of heaven is an active endeavor, intentional, purposeful, investigation, pursuit, and searching of Jesus Christ, who sits right now at the right hand of God, who's risen and alive, who is glorified. When I first gave my life to Jesus, I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> I was sitting in this church um, in the other side of the building in the activity center. That's where Oasis was. And again, you guys have heard this story. And that first night I came to Oasis, I gave my life to Jesus. And all I knew in that moment, I didn't, know, I didn't know anything about heaven and hell. I didn't understand fully the death and resurrection of Jesus. I knew in that moment I just needed him. And so from that moment... As I saw the people around me following Jesus, the people who had invited me to come with them to church, I thought, "Okay, I don't know what it looks like to follow Jesus and to like understand what it means to need Him. So I'm going to just follow these guys and do everything that they do. They're going to Bible. Okay, I'm going to come Bible study with you. You're going to crew, or I'll come to crew. You going that? Na- I'm going come. Oasis. Yep, count me there. Wait, you guys go to church twice? You go Sunday morning too? I guess I'll go. That seems excessive and weird, but okay." Everything they did, I was doing. Because I didn't know what it looked like to follow Jesus. I didn't know what it looked like to have an active endeavor of investigating, pursuing, and searching the risen ascended and glorified Jesus. So I saw these guys. And I watched them very closely, almost weirdly closely. And as I saw them, all of a sudden I started hearing in Bible studies and through sermons and through song, these words come to life for me. All of a sudden, as I continued to pursue and to go, it became clear why Jesus came from heaven to live a perfect life, to die for me, to pay the price of of, of my sin because my sin separated me from God in heaven and there's nothing I could do to fix that. There was a brokenness and a gap in relationship I didn't have with God because of my sin and Jesus died to pay for that price, to pay the price that I was meant to pay. And three days later, being risen from the grave was an affirmation of the teachings of Jesus, was an affirmation of everything Jesus said he was and everything that Jesus did. And faith and trust in that moment of Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the grave made my relationship right with God. And there just things started to become more clear. And I'm still learning and growing. But to set your hearts, to set your sights on the realities of heaven is to have an intentional pursuit and searching of Jesus revealed in his word. One of the best ways you can do this is in community. It's why we have small groups. It's why we do them. Because it's people coming together having an active endeavoring of this Jesus who's risen and glorified, who is our King, our Savior, our Lord and Messiah. You want to have an eternal form? You want to know Jesus? You don't don't want to miss out on the things he has for you? Pursue him intentionally with passion. Be bold in your pursuit of him. The second thing that he says in verse 2 of the NIV, it says, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things so we strive for what is above and he says, okay, the second thing I want you to do is think about what is above. Think. So it's, okay, I've made a choice with my heart and my will that I'm going to actively pursue Jesus. Now he's telling me that I need to think on things that are above. I need to think on Jesus. I'm not a good thinker. I'm not very smart, and I'm okay with that. I just, I don't have the intellectual capacity that a lot of people have, and I'm okay with that. Like, my wife is a genius. It's incredible. I I, I am so not smart that I I think, I'm saying the word epitome a lot. It's incredible. I'm also, so the epitome of OK Boomer, I'm also the epitome of uh, (laughs) people who speak before they think all the time. I've ruined relationships because of it. Because I don't know how to shut my mouth and just think. And so when I see this and I think about it, it's like, okay, God, I believe that you created me. I'm trying to pursue Jesus. All I, I can't think good. That was supposed to be a little funny. <laughs> I, I just, I can sometimes. I get distracted and I get unfocused. Okay, I'm supposed to think about Jesus. What do you mean? Th- okay, Jesus, I'm trying to picture you. I, I, I want to think that you're white, but actually you probably weren't white. And I don't know why we have pictures of a white Jesus. It's probably super unbiblical. That's a tangent that I don't need to get into. But I'm trying to think, oh, what does it mean to think on Jesus? Put my mind on Jesus, okay? Not on earthly things, okay? I don't want to put my mind on other things in heaven. Jesus, and then I get distracted and I'm lost. I don't know what to think about. As you pursue the passions and the goals and the desires that God has placed on your heart, there's people in this room right now who are gonna be graduating in a few months going to grad school. There's people in this room right now that are working in their profession. There's people in this room right now who are freshmen just starting off who like me were undecided and don't know what they wanna do with your life and that's okay. As you go through working hard, at the specific passions and goals that God has given you. To think about heavenly things and to think about Jesus and not earthly things is to say, okay, when I approach that difficult person in my class or at work, I'm not going to think about the earthly reaction that I should have when I am conversing with them. I'm going to think about the heavenly thing that I need to think about and how I respond. When I'm approaching a test... I I need to get an 84 on this test, so I don't get an 84, I pass, I after retake, whatever, blah blah, all the things. I'm not going to allow myself to get stressed or anxious because I know I still need to put in work, and I work hard at studying and doing well, because that's good. But I'm not going to think about the earthly things or consequences of what could come about if I do wrong or do good. I'm going to think about the heavenly things. And it's really tough, and it takes time and practice. One of the ways and things that I, I think, struggle with the most just in life, especially in this season, is not getting super upset at my son, who's five years old, for acting like a (laughs) five-year-old. For some reason, I assume that he should be as mature or more mature than I am. Don't know why. I just put that expectation on him for some reason. And so when I'm in a moment where he does something that... Because there's sometimes he does things that he shouldn't do. But when he does something that I know he shouldn't do or I think he shouldn't do, the earthly side, the temporary side of me wants to get frustrated and angry and mad. And so I have to stop and I have to think, okay, what is the heavenly response in this situation? How do I respond in love? To my son who's five. Five. To think about heavenly things is to allow our mind to be completely wrapped up in the promises of God, the realities of what the future holds for us with Him, and our identity of who He says we are. To think on the things of heaven and not on earthly things is to con- concentrate your concern on the eternal, not the temporary. Concentrate your concern in whatever situation on the eternal and not on the temporary. On the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light and love and goodness and peace and joy. Not on the things of earth, of darkness and anger and rage and bitterness and malice and gossip and envy. I'm going to think about who God says I am in a moment where I'm not believing the truths about who God says I am. Even if I don't believe it, I'm going to think about it and allow them just to be in my mind and ask God for the faith to believe those things. He says right after this, you are hidden with Christ. You are secure, connected with Jesus, who is your life. And if we do these things, I'm going to have the team come back up. We're going to go into some... Couple more worship songs. As we do this, there's a promise. So we strive for what's above. He's asking us to think about what's above. If we do that, we get to share in what's above. We get to share in what's above. Verse 4. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. The believer's life is hidden in God and the world does not recognize it. Hear what Paul is telling us, he's reminding the church believers that they'll share in Christ's glory when he returns. And here's what that means. In Revelation there's a promise when Jesus is talking about the new heaven and the new earth. When he comes back, when there's when this is and there's confusing theology and a lot of stuff we can get into, but he's coming back. There's a second coming of Jesus. And at that moment he says there will be no more pain or sorrow or tears to share in the glory that is going to be revealed in Christ is to recognize that one day I'm going to be in a world and in a place with not with my, yes, my savior and my king, my father in heaven. And that place is going to be perfect to share in the glory that is revealed in Jesus is to recognize that there's going to be a moment and a time, and I don't know when that is, but it's coming, where we will experience no more pain and no more death, no more tears. So the anxieties and the worries and the stresses that you feel now will not be there. The frustrations and relationships that are real in this moment and in this life now will not be there. Strive for what's above. Pursue Jesus intentionally with everything that you are. Think about what is above. Allow your mind to be filled with the goodness of the kingdom of God, with the truths of who he says you are and who he says he is, with the promises that he's given you in Jesus. And one of those promises, one day I'm never gonna experience pain or sorrow or death. We're not gonna have a time of prayer just that's silent we're we're gonna Jane and the team are gonna teach you a couple new songs and one of these songs the first one we'll do is called Nothing Else and lyrically how Cody Carnes wrote this and the prayer in this is beautiful and I think just gets after what God has laid on my heart for us not just in 2020 not just to end the semester well but for the rest of your life In the chorus, he says, I'm sorry when I've just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. I open my heart to you. And then in this bridge, there's this repetition. And repetition is good and important for us because as we repeat things, they all of a sudden get stuck in our head. And when they're stuck in our head and we're allowing ourselves to meditate on the truths of God or surrender type prayers, they become real for us. And so there's this repetition of, I just want you, Jesus, nothing else, nothing else. I just want you. So your first step in your application for this week, for this year, for this decade, is not just to listen to the s- lyrics and the, and, and the words being sung over you in the song. It's to ask God to give you the boldness and the strength to not only unashamedly belt these words out, but to give you the faith to believe that actually there's nothing in this world that desire besides you, Jesus. Can that be your prayer? Will you let that be your prayer? Nothing else. Nothing else. I just want you. So as they start singing when you feel led and you feel ready to make that prayer real for you, between you and Jesus, between you and our Father God who is in heaven, I want you to stand. And I want you to praise. And I want you to say those words and sing those words out loud. I missed you guys. (laughs) I'm glad that we could be back together. And I'm believing for great things. And not just while you're here, but for wherever God leads you in your life. If you need prayer for anything, we're gonna have people standing in the back ready to pray for anything for you. Father God, we love you. For those, Father, that are in this room who have never officially given their life to you, who have just surrendered to you, Jesus, let this be a moment where they do that. Where something for the first time clicked, that there was a separation in relationship between you and them, that their sin has pushed them from being with you now and forever, but you've given a recognition and a realization and a clarity tonight that Jesus, because of your death on the cross and being raised from the grave, by trusting in that act and in you, Jesus, as Savior and King, the gap that once was there because of sin is now gone. Allow them to give their life to you. For those in this room, King Jesus, who have been following you for a long time, Where maybe they feel like, you know, they're just coming and singing songs. Let this be a moment where you now are increasing their faith, are giving them trust to rely solely on you, Jesus. To be able to say that nothing else will do except you, Jesus. That the desire of our hearts would be you and only you, Jesus. And that we would remember that your spirit empowers us to make that prayer real. I thank you that there are specific good works for every single young adult in this room that you have prepared in advance. That there's people in their lives who desperately need you, Jesus. And that you're going to give each one of us opportunity, opportunity, strength and courage to share the love of god to point people to you jesus